This week has been kind of a scary week, hasn't it? With um, everything going on between Russia and Ukraine. And it seems like the news has just gotten worse and worse that the president came um, onto TV, I guess, Friday evening and said that it looks like uh, Putin has made up his mind and that he is going to go ahead with invading Ukraine and uh, that the doors of diplomacy are still open, but every indication they have from their intelligence shows that he has uh, positioned himself and decided to move forward. I watched an interview last night um, that was on, I believe it was uh, CNN or one of the channels, and uh, the person was interviewing Gary Kasparov who is the, uh, one of the greatest chess players ever, uh, and he is from Russia. And so they were just interviewing him because he's also kind of an activist, a pro-democracy activist uh, for Russia, and obviously right now I don't think lives in Russia or he would be very much in danger. But they were interviewing him to ask him uh, about Putin's strategy. And the question was, um, what do you think about this in terms of like chess moves? Because it's been all about maneuvering. And uh, the United States and the Allies have been maneuvering in different ways to try to counter what Russia is doing as they are maneuvering. And so it's just been like this big chess game. But Kasparov said that Putin is not a chess player. He is not seeing all the pieces on the board. In other words, he is not a very good strategist because he is missing a bunch of things that he really needs to see. It's interesting to watch how uh, the United States and allies are uh, strategizing with an enemy. We've heard a lot about enemies already this morning in our scripture, and I had kind of forgotten about it being in our psalm as well, but as Caitlin read the psalm, uh, there was something in there about an enemy, an evildoer, and how you respond to that. We heard about it in Genesis. We heard about it from Jesus in the gospel this morning. And uh, it's so common in Scripture because we all have enemies, don't we? Whether we want to or not, we have people at different times in our lives who are enemies. Maybe we don't see them that way, but they see us in that way. So how do we deal with them? Maybe as you think back in your past, there are some ways that you did not deal as well, and maybe you would like to do something better in the future. What we hear in Luke's gospel is how Jesus is a chess player. Jesus is a master strategist in dealing with enemies, and he gives us some understanding about how we are to do that as well. So I want to recommend several different things that come out of his gospel today. First, we need to realize the futility of treating our enemies like they treat us. That's the first thing to know. Jesus calls his disciples to understand some things. And this is like the Beatitudes that we find in Matthew. It's Luke's version. Instead of Jesus being on the mount, the Sermon on the Mount, this is the Sermon on the Plain. And uh, as we read these words, they are similar to what we hear in Matthew. 
But he wants them to get beyond their instinctive reactions to their enemies. Their primary enemy is Rome. They are dealing with uh, the opposition and the oppression that is coming because they are in captivity to a foreign government. And there are several different opinions about how they're to react and respond. Uh, we know people like Peter who are really wanting a violent uh, response to Rome, that they'll get their weapons together, uh, just like Peter cutting off Malchus's ear. He's got a weapon on him at all times. He's got a dagger. He's ready to cut somebody's ear off. He's ready to overthrow the Roman government. Whatever it takes, they will do it. And then there are others who have other responses, maybe more passive responses. But Jesus says, you need to get outside of your human brain a bit. And you need to think in God's terms and how God wants you to respond to your enemies. To go beyond their instinctive reasoning. To break the cycle of violence. It's like Jesus is saying, if you look at how we've dealt with this in the past, it has not worked. Because here we are again, just like our uh, predecessors who were in Babylon in captivity hundreds of years earlier. Here we are today. We're still in captivity and we're still making the same mistakes. And all the things we've done in the past are not working. And so Jesus is saying we need to break this cycle that we are in. Gandhi said, an eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind. You know the old reasoning that if somebody gouges out your eye, then you go gouge their eye out. If someone takes your relative's life, then you go take their life. An eye for an eye. And Gandhi says that just makes the whole world blind. It doesn't help. It doesn't do anything. The futility of mimicking what your enemy does to you. If you do it right back to them, you're not going to have any, anything that's good. It's just going to create more problems. If we are going to deal with our enemies in a way that's really going to make a difference, then we need to understand our way does not work. Think about that in your relationships. Think about it with your neighbors. Think about it maybe with people in your own family system. Usually that's where we have the most enemies at different times. People that we love. We can get so crossways with them. And what Jesus says is get beyond your instinctive reactions to when people are opposing you or when they are hurting you. And recognize what you've done in the past just doesn't work. That violence begets more violence. And pretty soon everybody's destroyed and the world is a mess. Well, the second thing, beyond realizing that that's not the way to do it, is to understand Jesus' strategy. This third way that Jesus presents to them. He says it's not just enough to oppose them, or you shouldn't oppose them. That's one way, is that you come against them with whatever they came against you with. The other option is just to you know, let them climb all over you and, and hurt you and, and do all these things to you. He says that's another option, but there's a third option that's even better. It's a third option way. He says, love your enemy. 
Don't hate your enemy. Love your enemy. Do good to them. Show them mercy. And I'm sure the disciples were like, what? How can we do that? I mean, they will just trample us and take take even more from us. They'll even take our own lives. But Jesus gives them another, another little strategy here about turning the other cheek. This is so commonly misunderstood that when someone strikes you on the cheek, you turn the other one to them. And we don't have time to get into all of this, but the whole idea there is that you are turning the cheek to them. You're looking them in the eye and making them address you as a human, getting on the same level with them to say, you are going to have to address me human to human. And you're going to have to recognize who I am and my humanity, that I am made in the image of God. And it's this idea of nonviolent resistance. When somebody wants your coat, Jesus says, strip down naked. Embarrass them. Show some resistance. Get clever. Because they are going to be humiliated for making you naked. And he goes on to give others. We can see a little bit more of this in Matthew about how he gets really specific with all of this. There's another way, he says. Think about Joseph. And as we think about um, what he was doing with his brothers, you know, his brothers threw him in a pit. They were jealous of him and his coat of many colors. And he kept bragging. You know, I mean, Joseph was a little obnoxious, wasn't he? It's like, look at me, I'm my dad's favorite. Well, of course they threw him in a pit. And so others, you know, come and the Pharaoh's folks come and take him and and um, and he goes to live in the house of Pharaoh. And later, uh, when this famine is going on in the land, uh, they go to uh, Pharaoh and they're trying to get some help, some relief for the famine. They don't recognize that the one they're talking to is their brother. They don't. I mean, it's been a long time. And Joseph picks up on who they are and recognizes them. These are the guys that threw me in the pit. And probably in his mind at first, his instinctive thought is, I'm going to kill them because of what they did to me. But he is sensitive to God. He's sensitive to what God wants to do. And he ends up forgiving them. He embraces them and helps them. He loves them. He does good to them. This is this new way, and there is power in that. And this is what we need to learn for ourselves. Walter Wink, who's written a lot about nonviolent resistance, he said, evil can be opposed without being mirrored. Oppressors can be resisted without being emulated. Enemies can be neutralized without being destroyed. Martin Luther King and his nonviolent resistance. Uh Uh-oh, it looks like our TV's about to go out again. Um, My friends, I must say to you that we have not made a single gain in civil rights without determined legal and nonviolent pressure. We have not made any gains, he says, without this new way, this third way. King was an admirer 
of Jesus' strategy. Also, Gandhi. Gandhi was an admirer of Jesus' strategy, but he studied these things. He learned them and employed them to make a difference. If we are going to deal with our enemies in a way that is healthy and good and that is going to make the world a better place, we must understand Jesus' strategy. And the way we do that is by learning it. By spending time thinking about it. Digging deeper into what Jesus said. Well, what was that about turning the other cheek? And what was that about when people take you to court? And all these other things. What do I really need to learn about that? It's getting to a point of understanding it on a deeper level. And thinking about your enemies in the way Jesus thought about his enemies. You know, repentance means changing your mind. It's not just about quitting smoking or quitting gambling or whatever, whatever sin you might, you know, have trouble with. Not that, I don't guess smoking is a sin, is it? I don't know. Maybe it is. But whatever it is that you are uh, beholden to, it's changing your mind. If you ever want to change your actions, you must change your mind to turn it around. And that's what we're to do with our enemies. We are to think differently about our enemies. And we are to keep in mind the outcome. What's the desired outcome that you want with the person that is your enemy? What would it look like for you to be able to exist in peace, in harmony? And that doesn't mean you have to, if somebody's abusing you, have to befriend them. It doesn't mean that at all. Please don't hear that. And I don't believe that's what Jesus was saying here at all. But if you don't deal with your enemy correctly, it's going to eat you alive and probably make no difference in their lives at all. If you continue to hate them, it probably isn't going to hurt them at all. It's just going to hurt you. What is the desired outcome for you to be healthy, for your relationships to be healthy, and for the world to be a better place? Well, finally, we are to watch how Jesus demonstrates his strategy. It's not just enough to realize that our strategy doesn't work. It's not just enough to know that there is another strategy, the one that Jesus had. We need to watch Jesus demonstrate it. Whatever Jesus taught his disciples, he always demonstrated it. There was always a practical visual for what he was saying to them. Like when he said, You need to be the servant of everybody around you. He picks up a cloth, puts it over his arm, and begins to wash his his, uh, disciples' feet. That is what he does to show what he means and what he teaches. And this is important for us to understand. We need a mentor like Jesus. Uh, There are a lot of famous people who've had powerful mentors. One of those is uh, Oprah Winfrey. And her mentor, uh, Maya Angelou, um, you can hear her if you ever watch any of the interviews about Oprah. Uh, she will always point uh, to those who have come before her and those who shaped her life, who helped her understand uh, who she was and how she could make a difference in the world. And so there was this deep and wonderful, ongoing relationship that she had with Maya. And uh, this really determined her career and her future. 
We all need mentors, don't we? We need somebody to help us to take what we've learned and put it into practice. And the best one we have is Jesus. And that requires that we have a relationship with Jesus. I wonder this morning, do you have a relationship with Jesus? You might think, well, he lived a long time ago. How can I have a relationship with him? Well, he's still alive, isn't he? Jesus is still with us, and we can still connect with Jesus. We can still have that relationship. But when you have a relationship with Jesus, you walk with Jesus. And so we watch Jesus as we walk with Jesus. This is the seventh Sunday after the Epiphany. Next Sunday is Transfiguration Sunday. And then the next one is Lent. We began 40 days of walking with Jesus all the way to the cross. It's not enough just to say, oh, we're going to get to Easter and then celebrate. There's some things we need to do before then. There's preparation. There is walking with Jesus all the way to Jerusalem. And that's what we're invited to do. And as we do so, we get to watch what Jesus did with his enemies, how he handled them, what he said to them, and what ultimately he did as he hung upon the cross. This is a painting by James Tissot. And it's the view, it's, I didn't, couldn't get the whole thing in the image. Of course, you can see Jesus' mother and others down here. But as he's looking out at some of the people who hung him on the cross, you see the view that Jesus has as he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. At the very last, Jesus loves and forgives his enemies. And this is what we are to do as well, as we practice what we have learned. We are saying earlier, sweet, sweet spirit. And one of the verses that we sang, as I was reading through it yesterday, really stuck out in my mind. And it said, I am going to walk with Jesus all the way. I'm going to walk with Jesus, not just part of the way, all the way even as I deal with my enemies. May we do so with the enemies that we have in our lives, in our society, and in our world. May we learn there is a better way that Jesus